Hello, residents of Meeple Town. This is Dean. Johnny Countdown. And we have a great show for you today. First, we're going to talk about a few games that we've been playing lately. Then we're going to do a review of the Tavern of Teepental. And finally, we're going to finish up our top 50 games by looking at number 10 through 1. So thanks for joining us for episode number 22. Alright, residents of Meeple Town, if you were here right now, you would see Dean with a giant smile on his face and a shirt that says, if your top list isn't my top 10, you are wrong. That is not accurate. Yes, it is. It is. Because if you do not have the exact top 10 list, which I'm fired up about sharing with y'all, yeah. that Dean has, then, the, then you are wrong, he says. He is adamant that his top 10 list is the greatest top 10 list in the history of top 10 lists. I would not disagree with that. <laughs> Just kidding. You don't have to have the exact same list of mine, but... I, 7 out of 10 or it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, some of these are very clear winners, I feel like. <laughs> oh my goodness, oh my goodness. You want to do a poll? Uh, sure. Let's do a poll. Before this is one we... I have. I absolutely have no idea what this poll is. I didn't vote in it or anything. Yeah, I just released this poll last night. By the way, there's still like 11 hours left in the poll. So by the time you get this and listen to this podcast, you may be like, oh, that wasn't the results. And that's because there's still 11 hours left in the poll. But at seven, oh, 17 votes in. So we hadn't had a whole ton of votes because I didn't release it that long ago. Boo. 12 hours in or so. I... Th- Asked the question last night, what game are you most interested in playing? The choices are, drum roll please. You know on Christmas Vacation is yeah. the most, that is the most glorious <laughs> moment. I love that. The Taverns of Tiefenthal, okay. which is because we are going to be reviewing that game later in the podcast. Tapestry. Mm. Paladins of the West Kingdom. Black Angel. Okay. So I want to know first who you think Meeple Town is most. What game you, you think Meeple Town is most interested? Uh, well, in before I do that, I'm going to go ahead and say that um, this is a weird list. <laughs> Why is it a weird list? Because <laughs> you have like a game. Well, I guess some of those are. They're kind of like medium weight games, and, and they're about to come out. That's what, okay. That's my first observation. The wrong second is observation. The second is is this because you want to play all of these games? These are games that are on your mind right now. There's nothing wrong with that uh, if there is. You know, no, this is what I did. Can I tell you what I did? I went to, I put Taverns on because we're going to be reviewing that. Right. Then I went to BGG and looked up the hottest games. And Tapestry is on, on the list of the hottest games. Um, and Black Angel is on the list of the hottest games. And then, um, I can't remember why, I was looking at the hottest of something. I was looking at like Essen games that are hot that people are interested in or something. Mm-hmm. And I saw Paladins of the West Kingdom. So I'm interested in all these games. So I, and I know that you probably are interested in all these games. Yeah. At least to a degree. So that was another reason I thought, okay, this is a good list that Dean and I are interested. Hopefully Meeple Town will be interested in at least some of them. And they're all fairly hot right now. I think based on the timing of this, so Tapestry is all the rage right now. It was announced the the videos just came out yesterday as we're recording this of like the how to play videos and yeah. not the review videos yet but um anyway so that is going to be my vote for what meeple town said it is but it was not i thought it might be just a runaway 80 percent tapestry or something it's 47 percent 
So okay. it's a followed clear by, winner. Followed by uh, Black Angel. Zero votes right now for Black Angel. Okay. I I was stunned by that. I, I'm going to guess by the end. <laughs> Strike two. <laughs> There's what only I meant one to ball say. left to swing at. What I meant to say was... Uh, wait, what did you <laughs> say? Did I say Paladins? Did, You're did out. Did You're out. named Tiefenthal. Yeah, so uh, it went 47% for Tapestry, 29% for uh, Die Tavern, or okay. the Taverns of Tiefenthal, 24% for Paladin. So 29, 24, those were really close. Yeah. And right now, no one has voted for Black Angel, which it's. I've heard a lot of people talking about that game. Um, I wonder if with Tapestry, you know, they started putting out like Rado's video, Watch It Now, um, watch, it, watch It Now, Watch It Played. Oh, boy. <laughs> Ayo, watch it played. I've actually heard a little bit of Buzz dying. Like I've I've read some people say like, uh, I they're not as excited about it as they were. I'm just I just saw several people saying that. So yeah. anyway, I don't know if now it's hard when you're. I don't know. Like I I haven't actually. I started to watch a video yesterday, and I just I haven't had a chance to really sit down and and watch it. Watch it. So I don't, I don't have much to add to that. I don't have too I much to add to it. it. Yeah, that's. I mean, I I'm a huge fan of scythe and viticulture in particular, and so when I hear that you know Stegmaier has a new game come out, when I'm hearing that it's a Civ game, which I'm super stoked about, mm-hmm. and then when I hear that Andrew Bosley is an artist on there, I'm even more stoked about it. Mm-hmm. I watched about ten minutes Rado's video, and I. Um, wasn't overly excited about what I saw though, but I'm not. But I still haven't seen enough of it. And sometimes when someone's kind of showing the rules, and that's pretty much all he was doing at the beginning, it you don't always get the fills during yeah, the, that. Watch what I have seen. The board doesn't doesn't do it for me, and I don't know what it is. It could just be that like I need to see it. Up, yeah. Up face. Like the the art on the cards, the box art, all that I think is really good. It's like you said, it's Andrew Bosley, so I think it's. That's drawing me, but the board, I look at it, I'm like, mm, I don't know, but I, maybe I just need to see it in my face. I feel like this reason, I think the reason that I've gotten the, um, put a slight pause on the super hype button is some of the iconography and stuff reminds me of like Euphoria, which I'm not a big fan of that game. And I know that that has nothing to do with the gameplay, but you know how like around the board they have like those uh, tracks oh, okay. and stuff yeah. is what I'm talking yeah. about. You know, and, and, and I don't and I think that that's just a subconscious thing, actually. I am excited about this game, for sure. Which one, so we can move on, I reckon, Tapestry. are you most... Wow! Yeah. Didn't even, I didn't even let it finish flowing from the um, bellows <laughs> of my... I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to keep going. I was afraid I, I would say something inappropriate I, on accident. I don't... I, I mean, you'll find out my thoughts on... on uh, the taverns of the tavern of Tief of Tiefenthal. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm struggle saying it. Um, so that's not on my list because I've played it. So out of those other three, I'm actually pretty excited about playing all of those. But tapestry is, you know, it, for the same reasons that you said. I really like scythe. I like viticulture. I, I actually I like most anything that I've played by Stonemeyer. I'm super torn between what like I, I tapestry. I still really I'm jacked up about it. I'm really excited about Paladins of the West Kingdom though as well. Mm-hmm. I just I'm like I I like Raiders. I like um, Architects. I feel like it's almost the safest bet. Like That's I feel like right. it's going to be a good game no matter what. Is it going to be a great game? I don't know about that. But I'm also really want to play Black Angel as well. So I'm being super indecisive. If I had to pick one. Oh, 
Oh my do goodness. You hear just, the... just pick one, man. Um, <laughs> if I had to pick one, I probably would say Tapestry okay. with a, with Paladins a very close second. Yeah. So there you go. And it asked this question a month, you know, a month ago, which Tapestry wasn't announced then, I guess, but at a different time frame, and we might have a different answer, I guess. That is but, true. Hey, let's talk about games we've been playing. Let's do it. We got a lot to talk about in this episode. Yeah, let's rock and roll. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll start it off. I'm going to start off with a game that we got from. Uh, a game that we got from Indie Boards and Cards. Uh, this is one that's been on my radar for a while. So I'm going to talk about kind of two games here, Aeon's End and Aeon's End The New Age. Um, Aeon's End is one that I've had an interest in interest in for a while. For Aeons. Yeah, for Aeons. <laughs> Nailed it. <clears throat> and uh, so I... Uh, so I, uh, we, we got this copy in the, the review copy of the new age and I was like, okay, I'm pretty hyped about this. Not really like I knew about it, but I didn't know enough about it. And, uh, I was really, really pleasantly surprised by this game. And uh, so now I now have the, the base game, regular Aeons in and, and the new age. And the, this is a, it's a deck builder and it's a, like in a fantasy setting where you're trying to defeat a monster before it defeats your, uh, your city. Uh, but the thing that makes, that sets this apart from other games is that you have to prep these spells. And so it's not just attacking with cards from your hand, but you actually have to prep them in these breach spots. And then when you do that on a following turn, you can use those spells to attack, which I think is uh, really unique, but the other part of it is instead of shuffling up your discard pile when you get done with it, you just take that pile and you flip it over and then you start over again. And so the way that you discard your cards really comes into play. And I think that's that's really cool. But the thing I really like about the new age is the campaign that goes along with it. It has this this story and so it's introducing new monsters and introducing new characters as you go along as well as new cards that you can uh, pick new relic cards and new spells and uh, so I just I I've really really enjoyed that I, I did a video of this I played through the whole campaign and I I, I was I was really really surprised um, I, not surprised but I was really impressed by the production and all of it it's just a lot of fun I have not played this one but I actually would you know I say this all the time but I would enjoy giving that one a shot sometime that I probably never will <laughs> like I, I, I sit here and we know we, like we said this I think last podcast how many times we like oh man I would like to play that and then there's just to do the podcast and YouTube like you have so many videos lot, you have to play yeah. so many games mm-hmm. um, but I watched um, some of that video and I thought that looked pretty cool actually it is fun and I don't really have I don't think I have a deck builder that's a co-op game maybe I do uh, and so I think that's a lot of fun too that would be interesting yeah and, and the, the way the co-op plays like your interaction with the other players um yeah it's it's good it's not just you know you're doing your own thing to defeat the monster but you actually have to use each other's uh abilities and all that and it's it's cool i like it a lot i like it a lot like it a lot all right a game that i um received from stronghold games which is the same as indie games i guess nowadays is a euro style classic game called Valparaiso. There you go. I was trying to give you the opportunity to jump in there. Why do I like to do that? I don't know, because this is your game to talk about. It's my game. I haven't even played this game. That's true. (laughs) So in Valparaiso, it is a programming game. So you're going to have start off with, um, you've got a deck of, I think, like eight different actions that you can do. You're going to start off by programming for them. Basically, you're going to do some simple things like take a 
boat and sail off and sell, sell and sell trade goods in order to get new cards that have victory points on some of them and they give you more powerful programming actions or you can take your merchants and go out into the village and do trade actions which really the crux of this game is the way the trade actions work so if you go and you desire to do a trade then you're going to get to do the there's a on the board there's a different um tiles of actions and you can only do the one that's at the bottom of that particular section so for example it may say for nothing for every merchant you have in this town you get a orange and a white cube the challenge with that is is if dean does that and then i'm in that same merchant trading place and i want to do that and he does it it actually gets kicked out and the next available trade action slides to the bottom and you have to do that if you want to do those actions so um it kind of has that zulkin like you got to get the timing right aspect of the game and i thought the game was overall it was fun i did enjoy it and i will say i have thought about it afterwards a decent amount which tells me that maybe it could be one of those creeper games the negative for me is i wish there was just more to it it's there's not a whole that you're going and sailing to get programming cards or you're trading pretty much in trying to get these actions at the right time i wish there were some more tracks you could go up i'm not saying you have to make it overly complex um but I don't know. I just think that I just wish there was a little more meat on it to make me really like the game. So another thing about it that I do like is that it's a very forgiving programming game. So it's not super rigid where if you put your cards in this order, you can't move them. Um, you can pay pesos money to take different actions and skip over an action and stuff like that. So I think that's kind of cool, especially if you might be interested in programming games or you've been hosed by them in the past. Um, anyways, I think it's uh, pretty good. So I don't know. What do you think, Dean? You think you think you would play the game? Uh, sure. Yeah, I'd play it if, if we have time. This is also, John mentioned this, alluded to this, that, you know, we're playing a lot of games, but it's also a really busy season. And so, For you, yeah. like, finding times to play games at all is kind of a challenge, especially over this next month. But, um, but yeah, I, w- I would be interested in checking this out if we get a I think a you might like this one. I mean, it's also one of the ones that I think that it's, I'm going to keep it in my collection um, for a while at least, because it's uh, almost... Maybe it's not quite gateway level, but it's not overly com- complex. Like you can teach it fairly simply, so I kind of like that as well. So anyway, okay, there you go. That's Valparaiso. Stefan and Lewis Malt. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what they've done, but anyway, that's um, uh, that. I didn't, I didn't mention. They've Aeon's. done some good stuff. They did. Uh, oh my gosh, I should have it. They did Rococo, I think. Oh, that's fine. Oh, they did Altiplano. And Altiplano, yeah. Ego. No, that was like the expansion, I think they did for it, though. Oh, okay. Oh, the, that yeah, that's like right. The, that's right. Yeah. Okay, but still, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, but Rococo is one that I really want to try, too. So I know. I've I've really, really wanted to play that game and have never gotten around to it. Oh, Edo. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so the next game that I'm going to talk about, you, you mentioned Valparaiso as a creeper game. Is that a word that you used to describe that? Uh, it could be a creeper, like one of those ones where you just, you know, you just keep liking it a little bit more and more. <laughs> okay. It just creeps in on Speaking you. Speaking of creeper games, I got to play Horrified the other oh. night. Oh. Huh? Transition. Mm. That's good? Mm, C+. Plus. C+. Plus. All right. So Horrified is another cooperative game, and this is by, I didn't mention, Aeon, Aeon Zen is uh, Kevin Riley is the designer of that. Um, but Horrified is designed by the popular Prospero Hall. So this group of designers uh, that have been, they designed some really good stuff uh, and a lot, a lot of different games. But Horrified is a, 
Uh, it's a cooperative game set in like the Universal Studios, Universal Films, uh, like those those old monsters, like the you know the Bride of Frankenstein and Dracula and Mummy and all all, all those different monsters. And so in this game, what you're doing is you're taking some of those monsters and that's who you're going to be battling against in your game. So in the game, I've only played this once, but in the game that we played, we played the the basic setup, which is against the Creature of the Black Lagoon and Dracula. And the Creature of the Black Lagoon, what you have to do is go to find his lair. And then once you get your boat to the lair, then you can go to the creature and defeat it. With Dracula, you have to defeat these different coffins that are set up around the board, and then once you do that, you can go and defeat Dracula. And, it, you know, the the theming of how that part plays out, you're basically just discarding cards. It's almost like a pandemic-type game. You get these items that are different colors or and different values. So you might be discarding, like, to... to break a coffin you might have to discard six uh red tokens in like a value six red token or six total value in in red tokens and uh then you can defeat it so like you're not uh it it has that pandemic feel in how you're doing those different actions it's as good as pandemic uh that's not what i said (laughs) however it is in that realm for me because I think... Really? It, yeah, it, this game is a really, really fun game. We enjoyed it. We played a two-player game. We just barely won. I think with more players, it becomes a lot harder from what I've heard, and really? I can really see that. But I just I think it's neat because each of the monsters plays so different. I went and I read all the different monster cards, and you know even those two that we played play very different, the way that you defeat them. But you really do have to work together. You have, you're going around the board basically picking up these items from different locations, and the monster take takes its action, and when it goes to attack, it rolls dice, and you can block the attack. But if you get hit one time, then you're defeated, and then you go down on the chair track, and that's how you lose, is if you are terrified, essentially. But this was a really fun game. I'm, I'm hoping here in the next couple weeks to be able to maybe get a video out of this, uh, and I think I'm probably going to rate this pretty highly, because it's a wow. lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it's a target game, is- too. It's, it's a game you find. It's a big box store game, so... I would have been interested, but I'm horrified by your description of the game. So <laughs> ah, nailed it. Do you, you it well? Is. You like Pandemic? That's one of your top. Games. I do like Pandemic. It was. It's not. It's not on my top fifty list, but it was towards the bottom of it. But I, I still like. I, I do like Pandemic. So, um, you really like monsters. Huh, I guess I do. You do? Yeah. You are you like monsters. <laughs> I do. I, we didn't talk about Abomination. We haven't talked about that. That's another game we got played recently that I really like. So you might be right. Yeah. Is that one you want to talk about today? No. Okay, well, I'll talk about my next one today. <laughs> we then. did a video of Abomination, so check that out on the YouTube channel. There you go. That is gruesome. <laughs> it um, is. All right, so a game that Dean and I have played. Now, this is I recently got my very first play of this game. Everyone talks about it. Not everybody. A ton of people talk about it. It was a Kenner Spill winner. Quacks of Quedlinburg. I've never played Quacks, and I got a chance to play it the other day. And I'll be real, going into it, I didn't have like this super high level of expectation because um, I have people that I've, that I've played it that I've, I've known that have just been like, it's not that great. On the flip side, I have people that I respect that say this is a really good game. So I was, I guess, kind of torn. I don't know. I, I wasn't torn. I was just like not having super high expectations, but I was pleasantly surprised by Quacks of Quedlinburg. It's a bag building game and push your luck pretty much. Right there, Dini? That's right. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's a very much push your luck game, which, you know, can be hit or miss for some people. But <laughs> so I, uh, I, I was just in, uh, I had a meeting in Nashville and I was like, I'm going to swing by my favorite, uh, board game cafe, go by a game point cafe. And, um, so they actually had a copy. That's where I picked it up. And, uh, I, I also, I thought this game was a lot of fun. This is great. Were you super excited about it or were you kind of like, didn't know what to I thought I might like it. Honestly, I thought it might be a game that my wife and I might like playing yeah. together. And I was absolutely right. She loves this game. That's so what I. That's what I like about. It. Like I'm thinking back. If it's if it's just a game solely for me, I probably wouldn't pick it up. But I'm thinking that it would be could be a really great game for our family that actually has a little bit of complexity to it and the fun push your luck game. And I say a little bit, I mean a little bit. But yeah. there are choices that you have to make. You have to sure, choose yeah. which, what are those tokens called? Are those parts of your spell and stuff like that? that you the throw ingredients. In, I the think ingredients yeah. you're throwing into your pot. You do have to choose which ones you want to go into your pot or to your bag so mm-hmm. you can draw them out to score points. And so there's definitely some thought in the game, but there's also definitely a lot of luck of what you're drawing out. And yeah. But it's mitigated by what you put in your bag. But overall, I thought it was a solid game, and I'm not running to pick it up personally, but I might, yeah. just for those reasons, like to yeah. play with my family, to play with um, as a gateway game. It was fun. I had a good time playing it. Yeah, and we haven't played. Uh, we haven't played with our our kids. Our four year old wouldn't play this, but our um, our seven year old could potentially play this. I think. Um, I think right. I mean, you're. Yeah, I don't know. My eleven and nine year old could play it no problem. Yeah. Yeah, and so we, they're not overly great at. I think um, I could be wrong. We'll but. check it out, but I mean, yeah, I, I don't mind luck in games if it's fun, honestly. And this is just a fun game because there's a lot of hooting and hollering in this this game. It'll quack us. you up. It's quacktastic. That's the second time I've used that joke. In, on this podcast, I think. Or maybe I use it on a video. So that was Wolfgang Warsh. Oh, yeah, I should How about say we that. talk about another Wolfgang Warsh game? Okay. Let's talk about and get to the review an overview of the Taverns of Tiefenthal. The Taverns of Tiefenthal, or Die Tavernen im Tiefenthal, is a two-to-four player game published in 2019 by Schmidtspiel and soon-to-be North Star Games. It's designed by Wolfgang Warsch. The art is by Dennis Lohausen. It's for ages 12 and up and plays in about 60 minutes. In the Taverns of Tiefenthal, players take on the role of tavern owners that are seeking to attract new and wealthy guests that will provide money needed to improve and expand the tavern that will also draw in nobles. The game is played over a series of rounds made up of several phases in each round. And I'm not going to go over all of these phases, but I will kind of give you a general flow of how the game plays. After the first player is determined, the players are going to flip cards over from their individual decks. And in those decks, they have guests, they have different uh, specialists, and they're going to keep flipping cards up until the tavern fills up. And that means after all of the tables in the tavern have been filled up by guests, then that phase is going to end and you're going to move on to the dice drafting phase. In the dice drafting phase, you're going to have four six-sided dice per player and you're going to roll those and put them onto a coaster and you're going to take one of those die and you're going to pass the rest of the dice on to the next player and keep doing that until everybody has four dice. Uh, You might end up with more dice depending on the different specialists that you have and you might be able to 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 upgrade the the number on the die uh, again depending on the the cards that come out into play for that round. 
but when you have your dice uh, one by one you're going to go around and you're going to be placing these into your tavern taking different actions. For example, if at your table you have a guest that says if they have a level 2 die at their table, then they're going to get 2 coins, then you will you can place that number 2 die onto that spot and get 2 coins. But it's essentially you're going to be building up either coins or beer. The beer is going to be used to draw in new and better guests, and the coins are going to be used to upgrade your tavern. They're also going to be able to use uh, to, to buy specialists into your deck and, and kind of upgrade your deck. And that's the, the gist of how each round plays out. And you're going to play eight rounds, and then at the end of the game, whoever has the most points, based on the, the different guests that you have in, and the different cards that you have in your deck is going to be the winner. Now there's several different modules included in the base game and I'm not going to go into all of that but but one thing you know is there's lots of different things that kind of change the rules of the game or, or add new rules to the game I should say. Uh, you, you'll add schnapps in, in one module. Um, another module allows you to, to each have different starting cards in your deck. Uh, another one will allow you to get these different bonuses from these uh, signature tiles uh, as you draft guest into your deck. But there's uh, adding up all of these modules really changes the game quite a bit, and you'll hear about that in a review. That's a general overview of how the game plays out. But let's get back to the review and hear what we think of the Taverns of Tiefenthal. All right, that was the overview of the Taverns of Tiefenthal, or you've heard us call it Die Tavern in Im Tiefenthal, which is a cooler name, I think. And much harder to say for me. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could I don't even it. know if I say that right. Tiefenthal might not be right, but it sounds fun to say it that way. So that's what counts? I, I don't know if that's right. but There's people that are in Germany right now screaming at you. Saying, that's it, you nailed it. <laughs> it is teeth and tall. That was a good one, Dean. Uh, but anyway, this was a game that I saw, and what drew me to it was that it had different uh, these different mechanisms. It has this the deck builder. It has dice drafting, two things that I really enjoy. It's a Wolfgang Warsh game, which um, is not necessarily a huge draw for me, although since I've played Quacks, I really enjoyed that. But the hype really kind of drew me into this, and so we picked up a copy, the German copy, um, from uh, Schmidt Spiel, and now this is actually going to be coming from North Star Games uh, to the U.S. here in the next maybe I don't know before the end of the year I think. I think so. But we couldn't wait. We had to pick it up. So let's well, just dive in. We having to pick it up means Dean had to spend a lot of money for the game, and <laughs> I was very happy that he did. Had a ship from Germany, but worth it. All right, maybe or totally was worth it, it for me. It? Yeah, for you because it didn't cost me anything, and I got to play it. <laughs> All right, let's get to the art and components. John, what do you think? Uh, okay, so the art is is good. I like the art in the game. It's got, you know, I like the art. I like the way that on you have your own kind of player boards and the pieces fit together like a puzzle. And it looks like you're at this bar, this tavern, and you're serving, you know, the customers that come in. I really like the way that the components, uh, I guess, fit together in the sense of there's tokens that will allow you to... Uh, re-put out your deck or whatever to discard your cards, and they fit at the bar, mm -hmm. which is nice. You have the schnapps people, and we'll talk about this as we get into the gameplay, but but you have these schnapps tokens that can allow you to trade schnapps for different benefits, and they go into the bar area, kind of like as a dancer or as a jester that's like doing entertainment. So it's really cool yeah. how all the pieces fit together, and I like the art on it. Yeah, it, it's also, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to keep mentioning Quacks, but it's the same artist that did Quacks. 
and it's this like it's actually like you're looking down into yeah, the tavern. It's which really is, neat. You know, quacks like you're looking into your cauldron. So uh, that's Dennis Lohausen, who's done a lot of stuff like Terra Mystica, Feast for Odin, Voyages of Marco Polo. Um, some other Uve games, um, Village, which is one that we really enjoy, Quack. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I'm with you. I really enjoy it. I think the card quality is fine, too. All, all around, I think this is great production. Yeah, I'm very happy. Very happy with it. Thanks for buying it. <laughs> Are you going to keep saying that? <laughs> uh, only three more times. <laughs> all right, so the gameplay for uh, Die Tavern. I know you've, you've heard our... You've heard the overview of the game, but the the big, like I said, the big draw for me was the fact that you have these different mechanisms that you're using. And as you add these modules in, it adds even more mechanisms. And it has a couple mechanisms that Dean is a big fan of, and that is deck building and dice drafting. Yeah, yeah, those are the two main ones in this game. And those are two of some of your favorite ones, I would say, wouldn't you? I'm not saying they are your favorite, but... Uh-huh. No. Yeah, I really, I really like both of those. I like them both a lot, too. Yeah. And, and, you know, I had a concern that that might be an issue because, you know, how do you do those things together? together. And <laughs> we I, just said it together. Do you want to hold my hand for just we, a minute? Isn't it crazy we finish each Dean's other's... Dean's sandwiches. Nailed it. All right. You're Disney guy, right? <laughs> I Isn't am. that how it goes? It is, yeah. You crushed it. You're Okay, like, I've never seen Frozen. Oh, I've I'm seen too it. cool. I saw it in the movie theaters. <laughs> yep. Anywho. But I've only seen it once. How these play together is that you play in different phases, and so that's what makes them work well. So they, it's almost like these mini games as you're playing. Would that be a good, a fair way of saying that? Like, like they're very separate ways of, or not ways, but they're very separate things that you're doing in the game. Like, yeah, you do the deck building, and then you do the dice drafting, and then you spend allocate it. those dice and spend them and all that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it's like, I mean. The deck building game part of it is 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 really cool. I like like my wife and I were playing last night, and there is that excitement, anticipation, uh, whatever you want to call it, when you're taking your cards and you're laying them down into the places that they're going to go. And so you're drawing off the top card. You're putting them either in a chair if they're a customer, or if it gives you a beer bonus, then you're putting it in a spot. If you have one of those dwarfen-looking cool fellas that just give you a beer automatically, you put that person in a spot. But when your chairs are filled up, you're donezo. And so it's that that you're not pushing luck or anything because you're just flipping them over. But right. it's like, what am I going to get? What am I going to get? Uh-huh. Like, I noticed, like, with her, like, it was almost like this big smile. Like, she, I think that was her favorite part. It was yeah. just like, okay, what's going to happen? Yep. And then you do have, like, the tokens that if it goes horribly wrong, you can spend them or one of them in order to discard those and try it again. But the problem is, is in the game that, the last game I played with Dean, I did that. And it was worse. I thought, how could it get any worse than this? And the answer is, yes, it got worse than that. It was reminding me of that Champions of Midgard game where you just couldn't roll anything good. Right, right. It happened to me there. So there is, um, there is some luck in this game. Now, I'm not going to say it's overly because you are building your own deck, as in a deck builder, but... You can have some unlucky rounds where you where you you got you're just drawing the table customers. You're going boom 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 boom. You can, but I will I'll say this. So that was one thing that was my going into this game. That was my biggest concern. Okay, so you're just flipping these cards over. But then when I thought about it, I'm like, I mean, any deck builder. That's what you're doing. Oh, I agree you with know, that. Like you're just taking disagree. cards and you're drawing them out. This one is actually even 
better because instead of getting like five, you just keep going. Now, you might get yeah. four and the other person might get ten or something like that that they put out. Yeah. But the other part that really helps with that is the mitigation through those uh, through the people that are at your bar. So you can discard this token. You start off the game with a token. And you can either use that to move up along the, the track uh, that will give you different bonuses as you travel around the uh around that track mm-hmm. or you can discard it to say look this wasn't a good draw i'm going to scratch all these i'm going to take yeah. all these discard them and start all over again and for me the last game that we played that you and i played together that helped me a ton yeah. two, two different times i did that and it, it made the difference between me just getting four uh four people out to their tables as opposed to like Six and then several other cards that gave me more beer and more um, dice to to use with the waitress. So so I, I like that aspect of it, and I don't think it is lucky, but it's no more lucky. I would say it's even less lucky than a lot of deck builders because you can mitigate that. Well, that helped you a ton. It helped me a none. Yeah, that's true. But last night I played when I was playing with my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, it helped me a ton. So it generally helps you. I think. I mean, it can not, but I yeah I agree with that. If there is that little bit of the luck-ish element, but it's pretty much the same as in any deck-building game. So, yeah. anyways. But then you go on to, as Dean mentioned, the next phase. After you're doing that and you lay your cards and they're all on the table and you're either stoked about it or you're like, dang it. Then you're going to roll four dice. Unless you have a card that allows you to roll some additional dice of your own. Right. And then you're going to pick one of those. From these really sweet looking coasters, by the way, <laughs> talking about art and components, like yeah, one yeah. side of the coaster is like a plain, um, untouched coaster. The other side has like water beer marks and like things that the guys or girls or whoever sitting at the table has drawn on there. It's really cool. It's actually because I use those as coasters. Yes, no, that's I'm what you kidding. do. I did not. That's but. what you do. <laughs> but then you take your die, then you pass it along. Take a die, pass it along. And that's how you're going to do your actions in this game. And so those are fun choices that you're making. And they're not, which is good and bad, actually. They're not a a crazy amount of choices. You're basically going to be getting coins to buy cards that are going to help you with certain actions. Or you're going to be getting beer to buy cards that give you more customers that will help you potentially get more money. Right? Yeah. I don't want to oversimplify, but that's pretty much it. You're basically going for beer and money and doubloons. That's right. And, and I would say them. in the in the the base game itself. Now this game comes with several modules that that really enhance it. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but one of them allows you to uh, pick which one, or you can't pick. It's whichever you made less of. So if you produce, uh, let's say I produce four beer this round and I produce five doubloons this round then those four beer represent how many spaces I'm going to move up along that, that track at the bottom of your board with that with that specific module. And that's what I think changes this a little bit because then the decision does change a little bit because oh, you, might, sure. you might want to produce a ton more money so you can buy these cards or you might want to produce a ton more beer so you can recruit these guests or a guest into your into your deck but that choice changes because i also want to be able to move around this track a yep. little bit more so yeah I, no doubt about it like i i remember specifically even last night again wrestling with that like man i could get this to get six coins to get this character uh, extra card in my deck or oh, i can move up this track four instead of one mm-hmm. or something like that right, and it's like right. oh or three or two instead of uh four or whatever i just i just so i i, I like that 
Um, do you want to talk about the base game versus the modules real yeah, quick? Yeah, so and I would imagine this will... Um, we don't necessarily have to talk about all the modules um, in, in detail. Cause there's, there's, yeah, we don't have to, no. Uh, because there's several of them, but... With the base game, the, we've already—that's basically what we've been talking about. So with the base game, you're just drafting cards. You're just um, you're drafting the dice, and then keep doing that eight rounds. You're done, or eight rounds? Yep. Yeah, eight rounds, and you're done. And um, so I think that's a really fun game, but I don't know if I would want to own this game or play it a ton if that was the whole game. But all these different modules come into the game that add just a little bit. But then when you add all of these modules, and I've now played with, with all the modules. I've played more with not all the modules, but I have played with all the modules. And I think it just ramps up the it ramps up the complexity, but not in an overwhelming it's, way. It just adds more choices, which in a good way. Well, I'll tell you this. You know, last night when I taught my wife for the first time, mm-hmm. besides the drafting, I added every single module. She had zero, um, uh, oh my gosh, why can I not even talk? She had no problem. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know why I couldn't okay. say zero so she problem. Did have... She had no problem playing the whole game. Okay. You know, and of course she plays games with me and stuff, but there are definitely games that I that I teach her. She listens to this podcast too. I love you, sweetie. Um, there's definitely games that I teach her that she feels overwhelmed with. And I, oh, I'm probably, I feel overwhelmed when I'm learning them too sometimes. Sure, sure. But this one was, she just boom, boom, boom. No problems. Hardly even asked a question. Yeah. But you know, I really like, I really like that they did add it in as modules because you can, um, you can decide, do I want to play? Now you can't pick and choose which modules you do. Like you can't just add in the fifth module. You have to have all these other modules in place to be able to get to that point. But if you're somebody who doesn't game a lot or if it's, you know, you want to introduce this game to a family because they might like the theme or something like that, it's simple to do that because the base game is very simple. The base game is do. really simple. and it, But it's still fun. But then, like, you can gradually add these pieces if you like the game and want to continue on. I, I like that method. I think that's, that's cool. I very much like that method. Yep, 100%. Because I could take this to, I mean, really, just people that don't play games a whole lot. And I think the base game is... Like probably quacks level simplicity. No, you don't think so? No, <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I mean, it's not like it's I mean, not you're, overly complex. You're, you're totally. But. I mean, you got two rows of cards. You're either buying, spending doubloons, or buying or beer to get those cards to put them in your deck. You're just putting the cards out and choosing actions. I don't know. Maybe not quite that simple. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm going to say that not BGG, quite that simple. BGG will agree with me. Average well, I mean, weight, <laughs> of course they will because they're factoring in the modules. They have to. Uh, the the average weight of Quacks is 2.01. Yeah. The average weight 2. of... 2.8 or something, right? It's like 2.67, I think. Oh, six. Yeah. I mean, which I, I agree Five, with. 2.57. I it's agree with that. Difference. But I'm saying like if you just go base, I don't think it's that much more. No, it's not. It's it's not an overwhelming thing um, because the the main choices, especially in the base game, the main choices that you're making are: do I want to get the guest or do like with the with the beer, or do I want to get these other cards with the doubloons? Those are the the main choices that you're making. Yep. Um, whereas the other way, you have to decide. You know, uh, you know the the schnapps module where you're adding in like being able to purchase things with schnapps. Every couple rounds, you're going to get this token to put on your board. And even when you're putting that token on the board, you have to decide, do I want to take this side, which will give me this ability, or this side, which I can spend schnapps to get this ability. And you, once you make that decision, you're stuck with it for the rest of the game. So, like, there's... 
A the, bunch of simple decisions that, that make it more yeah. complex in a good way. Yeah, and another decision that you have to make is when you're playing the game, how many times are you going to say, you're not going to beat me. You're not going to beat me, Dean. I have never said that in this game. You did. You say it a lot. That's what I'm saying. That's a decision I have to make. How many times am I going to say that? Um, I am think, I going to say it four times or am I going to say it 11 times? I, I can tell you it's going to be 14 times. You're going to be saying it a lot more than what you think. Is that number special to you? No. You just kind of said just like that. It more, just flowed. More than your highest 14 number. 14 times. <laughs> All righty. So I say let's just final thought it. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. You do it. Okay. I'll go first. So the first time I played this game, we played with just the base game. Is that right, Dean? That's correct. And then, and then we then added... This, we played it again with schnapps. And then yes. we played it again, I think, with the, the second module, if I remember right. Yeah. Yeah. So the first time I played it, I remember going... I really think I like what this is, where this is going, but it's not enough to keep me wanting to come back. Mm-hmm. Which is basically what you said. Like, not that I wouldn't mind playing it, but like really wanting to come back. We added the next module to it, and I thought, okay, now we're getting a little bit more meat on the bones. I'm enjoying it, but still, I don't know if it's enough to keep making me like, oh, I've got to get this game, and I can't wait to play it. We played with all the modules, and I thought, wow, this is really fun. And then last night, I played again. So I've played this four or five times now mm-hmm. with all the modules. And I'll say this. Um, I was more hyped when I played it with you, Dean, than when I did last night. Because after I played it again with all the modules, I don't. I like this game. Mm-hmm. I like it. No doubt about it. But I just keep getting this kind of samey feel with it, even with all the modules. And I think it's because like the cards you're buying never really change. So the you know the ones that give you that with the with the coins you're gonna get the same beer guy you're gonna get the, so like if there was something that like changed the ones that got out on the table <clears throat> you know I mean you the could add there's you one extra purchase. one yeah there's one extra one that guy that goes up on the the track at the bar you know what I'm talking about yep. uh-huh. but besides that like if there's something that changed there or some cards that you're able to add and then the ones up top that you're buying customers now they change but there's not a lot of I mean, it's either more victory points or you might get an extra card, right? Or a schnapp whenever you get it. And so it just, it, it, I don't know. It just seems like I have the same feel every time I play the game. And I wish that there was something that made it feel like it was a little bit different. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I do. And I can see, um, even with the modules that have these mini expansions, I could see more expansion. Like, I, I feel like, it would be an easier game to expand upon by just having oh, more. Oh, for sure. Like you can have more um, more of those cards that you can buy. You can add some more of those mini modules if you want. But honestly, even if you just add those things, if you just add more of those cards that you can buy with the doubloons yeah. or and more of those counter service people that yeah. you have, um, I think that would be a huge improvement. So. I think so too. I mean, I, I guess whenever you start, when you play games that like Wingspan we talk about or or whatever, where you have that variety, where there's just different ones coming out regularly, it just it's nice than just having a strict. Besides one card, here's the ones. Every time you play the game, that's what you can buy. Here are these guy these. Uh, Customers that you're getting, they're the same ones every time, pretty much. I mean, there's a little variety there for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I can, I, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Like even with the guest, um, they do have a variety in, especially the the guests that cost more. 
but you know they might have a you know I buy this one and so it gives me this little bonus when I buy yeah. it. But it's still ultimately going to just produce money. That same thing, yeah. Uh, which for me is not a an issue. It doesn't knock it for me, but it doesn't bring it to that next next level. level That's I what guess. I'm saying. And okay. then like even on like the round tracker, it's the same bonuses every time. Now, if you add some of the mod, one of the schnapps modules allows you to get more schnapps. But sure. besides that, you're getting in round one, you get a next one of those persons that allows you to trade your things. And at the end of the game, you're getting this same choice between two cards every single time you play the game. Yeah, but I do think, that being said, I do think there are different ways that you can go about this game. Like, you can spend extra effort going around that track to get those sure. things. And, and getting no, noble cards are really important because they give you uh, 10 victory points at the end of the game. Yeah. And they don't take up, they only take up one table. So all the all the nobles will be at the same table. So yeah. um, you can get more that way. You can spend time upgrading your tavern, which I think is good, a good way, a valid way of, of winning the game. You can try to focus your attention on uh, what's that last module, the, the one with the letters? Um, yeah, signatures. Can, yeah, the signatures. So you can focus your attention on, I like that on drafting guests with uh, the beer to your tavern getting the signatures and they give you bonuses as you go and you fill out that chart and you can get nobles that way. So I'd like it. I like the variability that comes in the different paths to victory, I guess. But I get what you're saying. Again, it doesn't it, it doesn't but have knock we it seen it and we haven't played it enough. Have we seen those actually lead to victory? Some yeah, of those. You think I so? I think so. Um like I, the, that one track that we that okay, you, the main track that. you go around every time someone's gone hard hard on that one they've done terrible yeah and it could be that maybe you're not supposed to just focus on that and it probably is yeah maybe maybe you should have we should have done it in another way yeah um i yeah i think so but i because i think that letters track i don't think maybe i'm wrong so i think there is a, a way like if you just try to get a bunch of money without them without all the modules add try to get a bunch of money and just get those chairs and uh, whatever that, the one that gives you an extra beer, if you take that beer action, the bottom right hand of the board, okay? So if you do that a bunch, you can get a lot of points that way. But I think the modules that that give you good stuff for drafting people for getting uh, the, the guest, like yeah. getting the guest with paying beer, I think that could be a very valid way of going about getting a lot of points. That yeah. letter track, I got a lot of letters. And honestly, that is part of the reason why, a big reason why I won the game is because I was moving around that track around the bar at the bottom. I got a bunch of the ones, the white cube ones where you move the white cube around. I got a lot of those cards. And so that kept giving me nobles and allowing me to get letters as I passed over that spot. It was a close game too, which was good. Have all of our games been close? I don't know if all all of them haven't been close. No, they haven't. I've gotten really destroyed in this game. So. Um, but that was a wonderful moment. But I still really, really enjoy the. Enjoy I got destroyed this game. too. Yeah, I, the, I, I think this is a, a really fun game. It just, it's uh, for me. This is his best game. It's my favorite game. Uh, of, yes, of it's Wolf my favorite game that I've played of his. I'm trying to think of all the wolf. We should have, we should have pulled that up, Dean. You probably have it over there, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like all of his list games. Is, list some designed. of his, his his most popular games. Okay, so if we're looking at... Just to make sure I don't miss something. Okay, if we're looking at the rankings, so the, the Ganshan Clever... Oof, uh, that's a good is, game, too. ...is up there. Uh, Quacks. Um, and The Mind, Twice as Clever, Illusion, uh, Fuji, which I don't think either one of us I have play played. Uh, I don't think we've played any. So, yes, this is my favorite. Ones. Yeah, no, no question. But I really like Quacks, too, a lot. I really like Ganshan Clever a lot. I know you don't like that. But I like I like Quacks as well. I will say the last couple of years, these t- couple of games that he's come out with, or even I, I've played twice as clever, but maybe just like one time or something like that. But some of the, he's 
he's more on my radar now for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not a huge mind fan, but I've I've played that game a ton with people who don't play games. Yeah. It is a it's a clever little game. It's some people say it's not a game, but it's a game. If you're having fun, if we're taking a stick and throwing a stick at each other and say it's a game, it's a game. That doesn't sound like a fun game. That's what we're going to be doing afterwards. <laughs> we're going out back. All right, so, let's let's hear your final your final I, rating. This kind of final thoughts is last. This is part of the final thoughts segments. Lasted <laughs> a little while. Okay, so good game. Um, I definitely enjoy the deck building, the dice drafting. I enjoy when you add all the modules and you have several different tracks that you can go up and you can go down. I don't enjoy that it feels a little bit samey to me, and I'm worried that the more I play it, the less I'm super stoked about playing it. But I still think it's really solid. And I don't, and I don't say that in like a really negative. Like, I still really like this game. Mm-hmm. I'm giving this 8 out of 10. Okay. Yeah, that's a good score. 8 out of 10, which is a good score. I mean, I, I like this game, and I would like to own it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like this game a little bit better than you. But I... Um, yeah, and, but I get exactly what you're saying. For me, this is an 8.5. Ooh, that's good. But I could really see all the things that you were saying about the expansion. I'm totally on board with that. If there was something that add more variety in those cards and the things that you're doing, this could easily be a 9 for me. It, it's it's, it's yeah. close to a 9 now because I really enjoy it. It's just um, it's just fun, man. Wolfgang Morsch, with this and Quacks, some of the, the feelings that I get of just having pure fun are there. And I feel like... Um, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing more of what he has in store. Yep, I think so. All right, now that is our review of of Die Tavern in Tiefenthal or the Taverns of Tiefenthal. But this is what you've all been waiting for. It is our top 10 board games. Oh, my voice just cracked. At this yes. very moment. I don't, I don't know what to do with that. All right, so let's get on to our top 10. Alright everybody, this is the moment this you've is been waiting. It. You've been waiting for it, and we are ready to deliver. At least we've been waiting for it. That's true. <laughs> yeah, when I say you, I'm I'm looking at John because I know John's been real excited about it. Oh, this. I have been really excited. I think people are excited about you this. You have the definitive top ten <laughs> list. I, after all that talk, I'm a little nervous that should, I might not have right, the definitive you list. You should thou the that I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm I'm a, I'm excited to hear some pushback on our specifically our top ten I think because I want to hear and 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 I also uh, John's gonna bring up in just a second like literally within seconds somebody's uh, top list that they put on the guild and I'm excited about Join the guild. hearing that but I want to hear other people's thoughts on their top ten too. Uh, this guy 10 also this guy's top ten or he has twelve is eerily similar to mine and the games I like. It's kind oh, of... do we want to do this after this? Yeah, let's do it after. Okay. It's, cra- it's, it's crazy. I'm sitting here going, man, we'd have a good time playing games together. But anyway, let's do ours. All right, let's do it. Starting with number 10. I want you to go first. I know you do. He wants me to go first. That's fine. You know what? I'll accept that position. All right, so number 10. Man, I, I love my top 10. And right rightfully so, right? I mean, we should... All when we got our top tens, be super excited, don't you think so? Well, sure. Yeah. Just say these are my top ten favorite games right now. Just love these games. These are games that I would play at a drop of a hat 
any of them and be thrilled to play them. You yeah, too? yeah, totally. totally. Like, not, there's no hesitation in any of these games for me, actually. Yep. Now, some of the top 50, like there are some that I really like, but these are ones I'm just like, yes, I really I, I like these. So my number 10 is ranked 67 overall on Board Game Geek. It's got a 7.8, which is a really high score on Board Game Geek. And that is, oh my goodness, I honestly would love to tell you the designers' names, but I'm going to murder the names. So, I mean, really, it's bad for me okay. as a country boy from Tennessee to try to pronounce these names. So you're just not going to do it? I'm going to let you look it up while I'm talking about it <laughs> and let you go for it. Since okay. you're far better, or even if you're not, I don't look as dumb. It'll make I'll look dumb. And that's what I go for. Okay. Like, as right. much as possible... I, if I can maintain as much level of non-stupidity, I try my best. Anyways, number 10, Twa. You have not played this game, have you, Dean? I have not. No, I really, oh. really want to play this one. This one has been on my list of like wanting to play towards the top of my list for a long time, and I just haven't made time. I really need to. It is so much fun. You're in this city in Twa, and you're going to spend get dice based on where you've placed your meeples, whether that's like in the, oh man, I, I wish that I can, I hope I don't butcher it, but basically you can uh, build in the cathedral. You can do kind of like war military uh, type actions. You can do religious actions. You can do civil actions. And based on where you put your meeples, that's how many dice you're going to get. But an interesting piece to this is people can kick out your meeples to where next turn you might not get another yellow die in the, in the, um, civil place or whatever. And so in City Hall is what it, what it is now, I remember. In City Hall, so you might not get a yellow die because Dean kicked me out, which is really interesting as you're playing the game because you get these dice that you roll and you're making all these choices. You're like, all right, so I can add these two red dice together to do this really powerful you know, red or military action, but also I can take other people's dice, but it cost me money. Mm-hmm. It cost me like two if I want to take one. You take two, I believe it's like eight. So it gets really expensive really quick. So you're sitting back going, okay, I can use these two red dice right now, but I've got this yellow six. If I don't use this, because you have to use all the same color, if I don't use this, then Dean might take it. So should I do this and then grab this other red die and do this really powerful action here, but then run the risk of losing my yellow action that I really want to do really bad. Um, And so it just leads to all these really interesting decisions as the game progresses. You even have marauders coming and attacking the city and you've got to fend off those dice with your dice. And I don't know, I won't go into any more details than that really, but it is a Pearl Games game and it is an absolute blast. Just love the decisions you're making over the course of this game. All right, I'm going to make an attempt. This yes. is you said. Do you understand? Games. It's actually it's Z-Man Games in the U.S. Um, but the the designer is Sebastian uh, Dujardin, uh, Xavier Orges, maybe, and Elaine Orban. And I think the, the cool thing is that the artists are all of those people plus uh, Alexandre uh, Roche. And man, I love the art. The art's awesome in this game. Yeah, I think it's fantastic looking. It's so cool. And you haven't played it, man, but you've got to play this. Yeah, I think you would like it. I will. I think I would too. It's. It could be the the weight of this one. Um, it's not too. It doesn't say it's, it's too not heavy. that bad. It okay. is not. I mean, to me, a three point four five sounds pretty accurate. It's not. I don't feel like it's really. It's that bad at all. But I know that you like dice drafting, and so you're kind of yeah. drafting dice, but it's got a, that other element 
of you can take some from someone else or someone might steal yours. And that's that leads to some really interesting calls that you have to make over the course of the game. So, that's cool. I want to I want to check that one out. I know uh, this is Rado really got me interested in that one. That's one of his top games as well. That, yep, I'll have to try that out. Twa. All right, my number ten is actually three games. <laughs> oh my gosh! Here he goes again. Hey, I made no qualms at the very beginning saying that I might combine some into one number. And this one, I probably if I really sat down, I could. I know that I could pick out my favorite of these, but this is a game that we actually just uh, we just did on our YouTube channel. This is a Portal Games game. Oh yeah, by Ignacy Shevchek and um, uh, Joanna Kianka is um, Imperial Settlers. Imperial Settlers. Now we specifically talk about Imperial Settlers: Empires of the North. Yeah, I'm throwing in Imperial Settlers, the regular game with the expansions. And 51st State. How about that? Mm, you're not allowed to put that in there. It's the same game. It's not the same game. It's close to the same game. The The theme is totally different. It is. It is. They are different games. I'm now, just trying to contradict If you make you. me pick one, I would pick Imperial Settlers Empires of the North, I think. Um, How about that? Look at that. Brand new game shooting all the way up to the yeah. number 10. It There's is good. Just, it's yeah, real good. But it's easy for it to shoot up that high because it's essentially the same game, except you add these really cool elements that I love a lot, which is... Um, it's it's worker placement um, where you're or an action token placement or something like that. But you're you can place a token to take these different actions. Will really ramps up the game a lot faster than uh, regular Imperial Settlers because the first round in Imperial Settlers or Fifty First State can be pretty slow. You might put a two three cards down. Maybe yeah maybe, maybe. and then you know you're going to be doing your production phase whereas. Imperial Settlers, Empires of the North, you can really ramp things up much faster, and you might finish the whole game in four, five, six rounds total, because this is a race game like uh, 51st State, but what you're doing is you're placing cards into your tableau, and as you're doing that, they will allow you to take actions, and they'll allow you to um, just, you know, maybe produce points at the end of the game, or, or be able to have a special ability that, that triggers when something else happened. But it also, you can um, travel to distant lands or, or to nearby lands and either pillage them to take the resources or you can conquer them to use them as, as new action spaces. Really, really enjoyed this one. I, I've loved Imperial Settlers for a long time, but Empires of the North really just ramps it up. I think if you're if you're interested in any of these, I think that's probably the way to go. Unless you really like the the, the theme, theme of Fifty First State, that's exactly I, right. yeah, I would. Yeah. I, I think I would agree with that. It's the uh, Empires of the North is, as I've mentioned before, it's a lot more forgiving. Yeah. You don't have this really small amount of resources that you have to really maximize. If you like that about Imperial Settlers, you might you probably like Imperial Settlers, or you very much might like it better than Empires of the North, because Empires of the North adding that action selection like mechanic to it allows you to do so many more things on your turn. I think, Yeah, it does. Sure. It does. And I think for some people, they might not like that as much. They might like that it's a slower... Yeah. And, and Well, Empire, Imperial, Imperial Settlers, not Empires, but Imperial Settlers, it plays out differently because the end game triggers after the set number of rounds yeah. as opposed to the race. Um, and you're only able to keep like one type of resource from round right. to round, which that's huge about Empires of the North. A huge difference is you could keep all your resources. Yeah, so that's, that's exactly why it just right. keeps going, and you put a ton of cards on the table. Yeah, and your your settlers, your workers, they don't go away. So when you spend your workers, they go into a spent worker tile, but you get them right back at the end of the round. So I think that's that's pretty cool too. You're not work, worried about getting those 
workers. You're just specifically working on getting resources and those resources going towards points. That's that's really what it comes down yeah, to. But or, you can put the workers or, yeah. when you put the workers on your cards, it's interesting in Empires of the North that they don't go away automatically. They stay there the rest of the game unless you're able to get something that says recall your workers. Yeah. Which is another kind of engine you might want to have built like out there on your tableau where you can do things to to take your workers back, to take your workers back. So you can just keep recycling those instead of have to worry about getting a hundred workers. Yeah, yeah. So but it's good. Regardless, it's really all game. three of these games I absolutely love. Any of these would be in my top ten anyway, but I would say Imperial Settlers Empires of the North is is a notch above the rest for me. Yeah, I believe that it was fourteen for me. So still we were pretty close on that one. Yeah. Alright, so my number nine is a game that is very much like Imperial Settlers. And it's a game that came out last year. It's ranked one fifty four overall. No way. I'm surprised. What are you saying no way about? I our our list match up on this one. Do, do they really? Yeah, we haven't seen each other's list, but no. they're the same so one. So literally, so let's just talk about it together. All right, our number nine is Everdell. Everdell. You're supposed to say it together one oh. more time. <laughs> our number nine is Everdell. Everdell. All right, uh, and Everdell. Please, please subscribe to us. That's right. It is eight point on. Uh, Onboarding, which is pretty solid. And this is James A. Wilson, uh, Andrew Bosley, who does amazing art. I remember sitting down with you, Dean, for the first time. You had it. You put this glorious tree up, which, honestly, I like the tree, but my tree is kind of getting a little bit wonky. Just a little bit. You know whose isn't? Yours Mine, is. because I got the wooden tree now. Because you never play it. You no, 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 I have a wooden tree? tree. Yeah, with the Kickstarter. I got the Kickstarter, but I haven't had a chance to play it yet. Yeah. And it's brighter. It's a beautiful sight. It's difficult to like you know when you're trying to shove the like leaves on it and stuff. Yeah. Like it's it's got it's getting a little frayed and stuff, yep. and that kind of frustrates me. But besides that, Everdell, well, you're getting cards. You're paying resources. You're putting them in your tableau. You think, how in the world am I going to get 15 cards, which is your limit? But you do, <laughs> and at and if you're playing decently well, at the end you're like, ugh. I wish I had more spots, maybe even. Right. Or how there are some cards that can let you take cards out, and you're making those choices, trying to score absolutely as many points as you want. I love Everdell. It's it's kind of crazy to be out in 2018 and to shoot up the list for both of us this high. Yeah. But we looked at each other kind of like this game is awesome. It is, and we it's, have not stopped. Yeah. And I haven't played with the expansion yet. I would imagine. I don't think that's going to change the rating just based on everything I've looked at. Uh, but everything you said is is the reason I love this game. Anyone I've introduced this game to has absolutely loved it. My wife loves it. Uh, my good friend Steven, um, who uh, he, he plays a lot of games. He's not as into games as I am, but he really loves this game. Our friend Jonathan. This is just an amazing, amazing game. And the reason for me, while it gets just a slight nod over Imperial Settler, Settlers, is I like the world. I, I think, do too. I think the world is really cool. The art is amazing. The art with Imperial Settlers, I didn't mention this, but that's by um, uh, Roman uh, Kucharski. Amazing as well. But Everdale, it's just, it draws me in. The, the presence of it, all of it, it's just a really, really good, solid, solid game. I know I've said it, but it has that Narnia feel, and I love that feel. Yeah. Yep. Love it. Love it. It's just such a such a wonderful game. If you haven't played it, I would hugely, highly recommend playing. Yep, definitely. And I think it's probably more widely available now, I'm guessing, because the Kickstarter just released. So I think there's copies available if you're looking for it. Oh, yeah. Good game. All right, so my number eight then. Um, move, I'm nervous now. Move on to number... Why? You think Maybe we I should have gone first. No, nah, we, we don't have the same number eight. 
Okay. Uh, I'm I'm sure we don't have the same number eight. Um, number eight is a Simone Luciani. Nope. I'm just kidding. I, I know. <laughs> I do I like know. this game, though. I know. I know what you're talking about. Um, and that is a game that have we... We didn't review this on... Have we reviewed this one? Yep. When did um, we... We on were, were on the podcast, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I feel like I just dropped the ball right then. I when guarantee I, I people forgot. are at this moment yelling at their radios just saying, Just say the game! You just, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Let's just draw it out. I like... You know, I like a dramatic... I do. A dramatic pause. It's ranked 423 overall, so yet another one that Board Game Geek agrees with me 100% on. Uh, my number eight is another 2018 game. Wow. You know, some people say, and I'm, I'm going to say this in a second. I'm going to say it. No, it. no, but some people say, I heard some people say 2018 wasn't that great for gaming. I think 2018 was awesome for gaming. I really do. Yeah. Form Trajanum. Uh, Everdell and there's more but Newton I love Newton I love Newton because it has these card based actions and you're also kind of building your deck because you're able to buy different actions and you're using them to go out on a technology track or to go explore the world but you also have this really cool bookshelf that you're trying to align your books by doing certain actions going to certain places um, or going up um, yeah, certain tracks and different things, and you're being able to line those books to score points. It's a huge, huge part of the game. But it's a game that has just a lot of mechanics that I really like that all fit together extremely well, and I love me some Newton. Yep. This is a game. This is not in my top 50, but it's a game it that should I, be. I really like too. And this, this Maybe if you played it more or nah. Uh, no, it wouldn't be. But I, I mean, I played it enough to know that I really, really like it. it uh, just off the top of my head, I think it was an eight for me. I think. I think that's, that's good. right. It's a yeah. Good score. So I, I really like this game. I, very unique mechanics. Um, lots of different stuff you can do. I really, I really enjoy this one. It's got a lot of really cool tracks and ways to unlock things. If you're not even going traveling, there's ways to unlock going to the travel places and stuff. So. You kind of specialize in a couple areas, I think, on this game and really try to go up those tracks. And it's fun, man. I like it. Yep. All right, number eight for you, sir. All right. My number eight is the oldest in my top ten list, I believe. And Kringle, again. Kring- Kringle? What did you say? Kroganhole. <laughs> what kind of laugh was that? I was like, Kringle? What am I even talking about? Kringle? I Can I know. tell you that in the I actually, Dean woke me up from a nap. <laughs> uh, not that long ago and said, hey, do you want to finish recording the rest of the podcast? So I'm drinking coffee trying to get jacked up. <laughs> and I literally just called, please tweet this. I just called Crokinole Crinkle. <laughs> Anywho. I own that. My number eight is published in 2002, Andrea Seyfarth. Seyfarth. And that is Puerto, Puerto Rico. Rico. I love this game very much. We've already talked about this. This has been in John's uh, top 50 list. This is one that I didn't mention this, but I really um, I don't have the the 10th anniversary edition of this, and I was bummed because it's super expensive to buy. So I just went out, cut out some old wooden boats by myself, and I made my own copy. I I, I have the copy of this game, but I really um, I really spruced it up by making new boats. Pun intended. Um, did you did you you looked at me like you didn't know what I'm saying? Like, did you use spruce wood? Oh dear! No, I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> you didn't catch that one. Um, That's some highbrow comedy. <laughs> I did not use spruce pine. Maybe is what I used. Oh, okay. Um, 
So I would. <laughs> I just derailed your thoughts completely. Always, always you do. Um, Puerto Rico is a game where you are. Um, John mentioned this, but you're you're taking these actions, and as you take these actions, they allow you to do different things, like to produce uh, resources. You can take tiles to put out in your plantation, or or build buildings if you can afford them, and uh, all these different things. But the the way that those actions play out are cool because. If you've played with somebody who's played a lot, they know pretty much what actions to take and which, well, at least which actions not to take. Um, but the person who takes it originally gets a an extra benefit, and then everyone else after that just gets the the regular um, action to be able to take. Yeah. But this is one that I quite enjoy. I try to get this one to the table at least once a year, but I find it maybe a little bit harder because not a lot of people like to play you ruined older games. You ruined it for them, not which you this, talked about. Yeah, the- some people I did. I ruined it for some of my friends because it took me an hour to teach it the first time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really take that long, but I didn't know what I was doing. It takes like 10 minutes maybe. But. Yeah. Anyway, I love, love Puerto Rico, and I can't imagine this. It might drop out of the top 10, but it's not going to go far because I really enjoy it. Yeah, I echo that. I think Puerto Rico is fantastic. A great classic. One that just doesn't go down the list too much for me. You know what I mean? Yep. I like that. You know, sometimes some of those games you play, like, I remember playing Puerto Rico. I think it was, I mean, one of the first, like, maybe top 10 games that got me into gaming, you know? Yeah. I think that we mentioned that on our, uh, I think we did our top five games that got us into gaming on our first podcast. It was both of us, I think. Yeah. And I, and I, it's so interesting. And I like Catan, for example, is one of those. I'm not hating on Catan, but Catan's nowhere near my top 50 anymore. Puerto Rico has staying power for me. Love that game. Yeah. Yep. I agree. I I don't know if I agree with the Puerto Rico or the Catan part. I don't know where that falls on my list, but. I'm not saying that it's like, terrible but it's not it didn't i didn't consider it's not it. top 10 yeah oh it's, yeah it's not not, not for me yeah um but anyways all right so my number we're on six now aren't we we are at wow we're going through this seven pretty quick no i oh <laughs> oh i almost skipped over number seven i literally had number six pulled up and almost skipped over thank you dean for You're keeping welcome. us on track <laughs> all right so my number seven is ranked 25 overall 8.1 on board game geek it is a game that Dean has already talked about. It's a tasty minstrel game, Reiner Stockhausen. Do you remember what this might be, Dean? No. You, it's a bag of fun. Oh, yeah. A wonderful bag okay. of fun. Okay, I was thinking, uh, he did uh, Gentus too, but you already talked about that. Yeah. Did you do Gentus? Yeah, we both did Gentus. Um, yeah, you're talking I about think, or I did Orleans. Orleans, yeah, man. I love Orleans. It's a great bag building game. I really like how you. Pull the workers out of your bag. But the, I like how the action selection is not just like, okay, I get this worker, so I get this action. You know, like if you're doing a lot of um, uh, deck building games, you know, you play your card and that's it. Right. But here you have to like get the right combination of workers to be able to do those certain actions. And I think that is so fun. And you're deciding whether you're going to go out and travel and set up trading posts or grab some of the goods that are out on the table, or you're going to go and grab more um, workers to put into your bag to make your bag even more powerful. A lot of different choices that you make. But I like how Orleone is, it's definitely not overly complicated and it feels just fulfilling when you play this game when i played this with my wife uh the first time i mean she was just like smiling (laughs) she'll listen to this and just having a great time and she this game she owns me she owns me last night she said we were playing wingspan she's like she's like i said you don't like games that you're not good at she's like no who would like games that they're not good at i said or leone (laughs) i said i am not good at this game but it is number seven overall on my top 10 list because it's just 
great fun to play. Oh, I've got lots of games in my top ten that I am not good at. Yeah. So I don't. I told you. I say this. I think I like games I'm not good at a lot because it's the challenge. It's the challenge. It's the yeah. challenge of I've got to figure out how to how to be good at this game. So I love it. Yeah, and just the other day, like within the last couple of days, I sent John a text uh, about Orleans Stories. Oh yeah, which I don't really know much about that yet, um, other than it's a it's a reimplementation. I don't think this is an expansion. I think this is a whole separate thing. I think there's not a whole lot of information on on Board Game Geek yet, but I'm interested to to check that out because I love Orleans as well. All right, all right. My number seven is a game that came out in 2018. And you didn't mention what a this game! One. What a year! Yeah, so this one you didn't mention when you were talking about your the best games in 2018. This is a game that I will eat my hat about what I said ah, when we did this review. Uh, good stuff. I the I gave phrase. this game a an eight and a half. I think we reviewed, and then a, within a couple oh, weeks, I was I like, exactly oh, I was this wrong. Is. This game's a ten. It is, and that is Root. This Root. is designer uh, Cole Worley the artist is Kyle Farron which is uh, great art just like oh, uh, Everdell you know we kind of put those in the same like that same realm of elite art I yeah. guess but in does, Root, this, does this beat Everdell's art curiously or no 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 no, no. I you still like, like Everdell's art better I like Root's art better but, but yeah. I but I do like this game slightly better yeah uh, in Root you are taking on these different factions and you it's it's uh it's weird how this game plays out because it's so different, but you might take on the the cats, and the cats are very different than the birds, which Marquita are very cat. different. Yeah, Marquita Cat, which, you know, all these different factions are so different, and you the way that you win, the way you, you play the game is different. And so For I... Sure. Yeah, so Root is a game that I absolutely love. I've picked up the, the expansion... Um, I've played uh, played with the expansion, and I really enjoyed that. I'm I'm super pumped about the the new expansions coming out as well. But Root is great. In fact, I love Root so much that I saw this this group of people at Tennessee Game Days, and they were sitting there with an open book with Root. You sit down and taught them, and I was like, this. I don't want them to hate this game. It's not a difficult game to learn. It took me a minute to learn, but the it game takes a long time. When I'm reading through the rules and stuff, I remember yeah. there were things I was looking up on BGG because I'm like, is this what it means or is that but, not what? And I don't. I'm not hating on the rule book, but I don't know if the rule book's great though either. But anyway, um, doesn't mean it's, it's a bad not, game. I don't think it's awful. It's. I don't think it's, it's awful either. Maybe kind of dense, I guess. Yeah. But if you sit down to read the rule book and try to learn the game, it'll take you a long time. Well, it's so hard because you have to learn not only the base rules, then all the um, factions, and they're so different. And then because you might have this faction, it might change the normal rule just a little bit because right. of your faction. Right. So it's a lot of little uh, fiddly type things you got to make sure you've got ironed out before you teach someone this game. Um, so yeah, I've taught it to some people and it definitely a lot of times takes them a minute to kind of grasp it. It does. And that's why I stopped, I stopped them and I was like, Hey, you might be here a while just reading through that, trying to figure it out. So I sat down with them. I explained it and it really honestly didn't take that long except that you have to go around the table and tell everyone how their factions play out. I sat with them through the game, maybe, maybe halfway through the game just to be there to answer questions because I was like, I want other people to love this game so much because it's amazing. It is a great game. Yep. I love it. I cannot complain. What did I put that at? Root was number 15 for me. So yeah, pretty high up there. All right. My number six is ranked number nine overall on Board Game Geek. So really, really high. Uh, it is 8.3 rated on Board Game Geek, which thus far is maybe the highest rating um, 
collective in the Board Game Geek community for a game that I've said. Uh, you will know it immediately, Dean, whenever I tell you the designer who is... Know. What is it? Maybe. Is, <laughs> you sounded so I, confident, it, and it, now you're looking like you're waffling a little bit. Is it uh, either Terraforming Mars or Great Western Trail? One of those? <laughs> oh no sweet oh i'll now, just give away the rest of your so list. let me say the let me say the designer's name you don't know what's on my list that's though. true i don't i have no clue jamie stegmeyer scythe scythe oh okay i love me some scythe i remember opening that game up and first of all i was hugely drawn to the theme what a cool theme like an alternate timeline you have these mechs you have these workers the board art and the box art and all the arts are just phenomenal in this game. And you're just, you're going at it, man. And what I like about Scythe is it has like, it's not a purely war game because you, you really got to collect resources. There's all these different tracks that you can score. So you don't, you can actually win Scythe without being super confrontational, mm -hmm. depending on how the game plays out. It's like a cold war playing out. Cause there's the fear of getting attacked. It is. Yeah. There is. And like, and I've noticed in a lot of my games, there might not be a ton of epic battles, but there are a few epic battles and they're yeah. super important. So that's one of the things I like about it is timing those battles correctly. Mm -hmm. When do I go? When do I go for that center spot? Right? When do I try to take over that so that I can score more points at the end of the game? Do I get it early so that I can get that extra action that I can put out? Um, then I have to defend it if I decide that I want to hold this till the end of the game, which is going to be really hard because a lot of people are going to want to get to that center spot and get that extra action. Right. So those choices of when to go after these things, when not to, when to hold back and let Dean and someone else battle it out and hope that they destroy each other, you know, uh, makes this game so fun. Amazing theme, really great gameplay. I never will turn down a game. I don't think of Scythe. Okay, I have painted. <laughs> I have painted this one up. You uh, have. I, I I like Scythe as well. I really want to do the the Rise of uh, Fenris. That we tried. We like have three months ago. Started. We've played a game in this. Yeah. So we need to. We need to. We need to get to. We're that on again. a pretty good. Uh, pretty good track right now one That's game in, one game when did we play that in may maybe four months ago <laughs> i think we played it in may not because we didn't like may. it we just haven't been able to meet may, up with june it. july i have been about four months <laughs> one day we will finish the rise of fenris campaign that is true jonathan's like yelling at his radio now going no way and it's your guy's fault because he's ready to go uh maybe we can do that soon we'll see yeah all right so that was, <laughs> that was your number what what number are we on number six all right. Number six. Number six for me is another, maybe a little bit of an older game. I think this is one you've already talked about from John's maybe favorite designer, Stefan Feld. Ah. That is Castles of oh, Burgundy. Yeah. yeah. You have already talked about this, right? I have already talked about it. It was my number 11. Yeah. Just right outside yeah. the top 10. I love Castles of Burgundy and have since since I first met it. Yeah. <laughs> I fell in love. But I um, I have this buddy of mine, T, and we have played this game a bunch, uh, two-player. I've played it at all different counts. I tend to like it at the smaller counts. Uh, two-player I'm fine with. Uh, two-player is my, probably my favorite, and then three-player is good too. Four, if everyone knows what they're doing. But in this game, you've already mentioned, but you're rolling dice and you're using those the pips on those dice for your specific actions. So if it matches the number of a building, you would take that building onto your board and then you could 
place uh, that same building onto your into your kingdom with another dice. Or you can export goods. Yeah, you can do a so ton cool of stuff. Things. It's 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 a lot of stuff you can do. What I like about it is that it's simple rule set, but there's a lot to think about to really try to maximize your points in this game. For sure. And I've actually enjoyed the app quite a bit as well. I think the app layout is really, really well done. You're not having to go back and forth between two screens. All your information is on one screen, which is cool. I love this game so much. Castles of Burgundy. You even did a YouTube video for it. You For, for the, the app, app, that's right. Yeah, Because you liked mm-hmm. it so much. Yeah. Um, you know, this is one of the games, whenever we first started talking games, I remember you just loved, we talked about Castles of Burgundy. I remember Castles of Burgundy, Castles of Burgundy. I knew this is a game that Dina's hype on, and I'm hype on it too. It's yep. fun. Like it. Yep. All right, let's move on to our top five now. All right. All right, so my number five is a game where by a designer who Dean is apparently one of the biggest fanboys. He has mentioned this fella's name okay. over I got and you. over and over. And I'm going to guess that he's not finished mentioning this name, but I won't say anything else. That might be right. Number 30 overall, 8.0 on Board Game Geek. It is a pure bloodbath and is named correct, uh, uh, Blood accurately. Rage. Blood Rage. <laughs> and you know... <clears throat> Like what I like about Blood Rage, and if, if you're Blood Rage, you're Vikings, and you're just going at it. I mean, you really are. Yeah. What I like about it is it's such a small board. Like everyone is so the board itself physically is not small, but the areas that you can go to, there's not a ton. Yeah. And as the game progresses, you're losing more and more space. And so, like, because these um, the Ragnarok, these certain provinces, or is it province? What would you call that? Uh, there's territories, territories. I, I don't know, remember. but they're getting Ragnarok and they're getting destroyed. So it continually pushes everybody together to just bloodbath fight. They're getting Ragnarok. I'm <laughs> telling you, I'm telling you, and it, it's and I've mentioned that we've mentioned this on the podcast, but it is one of those games where I just feel totally immersed in the experience. From minute one to minute close. Love Blood Rage. Yep. I'm actually surprised. I thought this was going to be higher on your list. Five is really high. Oh, no, no, no. That's not a slam. I just, I'm I'm really interested to see what's higher than that. But, well, yeah. we're talking about top for now. What we right now, what That's our top fifties are. So, That's but I, I do really, really enjoy Blood Rage, and I think that Dean will probably leave it at that, huh? Maybe number five, Dean. <laughs> My number five is not by Eric Lang, but it is by a very popular designer, designers, Matt Leacock and Rob Davio. And this is Pandemic Legacy. Now, I actually, I left... Really? Yeah, I wow. left Pandemic off of my top 50, partly because I have it... I don't, well, I don't really know where I have Pandemic on my list, honestly, because I knew Pandemic Legacy was going to be on here, and I didn't want to have, like, a bunch of Pandemic games, but... I'm I'm part of me wants to just lump all of the pandemic games in this, but I'm gonna speak specifically of Pandemic Legacy because the experience of this game has been fantastic. Now I've only played about three quarters of season one, and this has taken me a a long time. We're gonna get done, but um scheduling and all that has just uh kids and you know, everything is just really tough. And it's uh me and my wife and my friend Steven, who I mentioned early, uh and his wife We've been playing this game and just absolutely love this experience. It is so cool, but I can't say much about it. So if you've you've talked about pandemic, you're trying to save the world from a pandemic, and you're you know curing 
the world from these different diseases. Pandemic Legacy is essentially that, but I can't go much beyond that because I don't want to give any spoilers, but the experience, if you like Pandemic, I would say even if you don't like Pandemic and you've thought about this game, I think you got to give it a try because it is, it's such a great experience. That's interesting. I was watching um, Dice Tower and Sam Healy mentioned Pandemic and Legacy specifically and said, are we too hype on that game? No, we're not. It's so high. What is it ranked? Do you have it in front of you? Yeah, like four it or is. Something? Uh, it's ranked number Five. two overall. Two overall behind uh, Gloomhaven. Like, I kind of agree with Sam to it. Like into a thought of like I'm not I'm not pooing on. It. I've 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 played only one time and my wife didn't like it and I was really sad about that because it was a fun game. Mm-hmm. But two overall. That's high. I think it's. I think it deserves to be really That's high. That's good because it does. Like, if you like Pandemic, and Pandemic is an amazing game. And, it, and I think his itself. point was not that he didn't like the game. Is that he said, "Is it that much different than Pandemic to have that drastic?" Because Pandemic is not ranked near that high. And yeah, but it doesn't have to. Because here's the thing: the game changes every single time you play it. Yeah. Um, until you finish the game. Now I, I haven't finished the game, so I don't know what the ending's like. But every single time you play, something is different. And that's a really cool thing to happen. You know, like that's very revolutionary, I think. And, and Rob Dombio has really, I, in a lot of ways, changed gaming because of that. Because most board games, unless it's a campaign story-driven game, most games play exactly the same, except with a few, you know, cards might be different, things like that. But this is, you know, your your goals are different. The Cards are different, and like there's just so many different things that happen every game. So, I think it deserves all the hype. Cool. I do. It's great. Pandemic Legacy. Pandemic Legacy. All right, my number four. Man, I'm gonna butcher some designer names, but I'm gonna go for it. Just go for it. What do you think, Dean? Sure. All right, this is number seventy overall. This is a game that I go to bed at night crying that it is not. Um, you can't get it unless you want to pay $150 for it. Yeah. Please re republish it. Do it again. Do I want to play it so bad? I want to own a copy of this and I don't own a copy of it, but I will say board game arena does have, <laughs> uh, it's, it's free on there and you can just play it all you want. And I have played it all that I want. And then some, uh, it's ranked, uh, rated 7.8 overall. And that is Russian railroads. Oh my goodness. Designer helmet. Ole. And Leonard Designers, Leonard Orgler. Uh, in Russian Railroads, you haven't played this. No, I have not. I oh. really want to play this one too. It's a worker placement game. And it's just, it's so interesting the choices that you're making because you're trying to go up on these different railroads with these different types of of lines that you're putting in and you can't put in the more higher quality lines until you get your other lines in front of it. And you're just setting off all these bonuses over the course of the game. It's just like when you unlock this and it unlocks this and you get this now and you just, I mean, it's just a absolute blast. And I just don't know why they won't just come back out with this game. I mean, it is, uh, I love Russian railroads, man. It's so fun. It's on Amazon right now, only for $142 if someone wants to grab it. Oh, goodness. Hey, it's your number four game. I'm looking Just it up. It. Oh, there's, there's several people that are selling it for $142. It's your number four game. you got to go buy it right now. It's tempting. 
but it's, not for one hundred. This is one of those ones that might not ever get reprinted from whatever I've. I've Please heard, reprint. <laughs> yeah, I really want to try this one. I, I've been meaning to go on Board Game Arena and, and try this one out, but I just yeah, we should do that. I haven't. Um, yeah, I think I, you would like it a lot. I think so too. I've watched some videos on it. It seems really cool. And some of the some of the inspiration we talked about tapestry earlier, but some of the inspiration came from the the tracks, I guess, on on Russian Railroad. So. Yeah, I want to check that Such out. Such a good game. All right, my number four is a game that is not on your list. You have not played it. I don't think you would like this one. How wow. about that? All How right. about that? Good. I'm just throwing it out there. This is a uh, fantasy flight game, story-driven by Nikki Valens. This is Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition. You, I, 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 I might like Mansions nope, of Madness. Nope, you would hate it. No, I'm just kidding. You might. But in this game, you... It's not at all about the mechanics of this game. Everything is about the story. And I think that might be the, the piece that you might not like as much. Because what you're doing is you're going around exploring this house uh, or exploring an area because there's lots of different scenarios for this. It's an app-driven game. So it helps you to set up the board and all that. Once you get the board set up, then you're going around exploring and trying to do these different objectives that you have to do. And the way it's the way that it plays out is... If you have a task that you need to accomplish, it's very RPG uh, driven. So the if you have a task you have to complete, let's say you're, you know, it says use your strength. And so you roll however many dice you have per your strength number. And that determines the outcome of the scenario. So that's how you attack. That's how you do um, other different actions. There's puzzles that you uh, that you do to accomplish, you know, opening a safe or different things. This is my go-to Halloween game. And I just absolutely love this game it's so much fun but the problem is it takes a while on on board game geek it says uh, two to three hours we've played games that have lasted four hours plus and um that's just part of it like it's an it's very much an experience and you've got to just really get into the story and i do i love this game a lot well I wish I could comment on it, but I can't. I've already talked to you out of playing it. I think I you should try it. I was but... going to play it, but now I don't care about oh, it. Oh, man. Never mind. We're going to play it. I'll teach you. All right. Cool. There was someone that I, that was, I can't remember who it was, was doing a top 50 list, and I had very similar games, and he had this really high. Oh, and really? I was like, interesting. I can't remember who it was. Huh. And I was like, okay, maybe I would like it, but maybe not. It's fun. Who knows? All right. My number three is number three overall on Board Game Geek. It is a game that not hardly anybody plays, though. I, I bet, because it's rated number three overall. Yeah, no one no one likes this game. It's not that much fun, apparently, but I like it. And it's rated 8.4, so... Is it one of the ones I guessed earlier? Uh, yeah, I can't remember what you guessed Terraforming earlier. Mars? Terraforming okay, Mars! Right. <laughs> yeah, Terraforming Mars, uh, Jacob Frizelius. Man, Terraforming Mars, I just remember the first time, I just, all the hype going into it, and I jumped on the Terraforming Mars hype train. I was like, yeah, I got to play it, got to get it. And it did not disappoint. I, You know, sometimes they disappoint, right? You're just excited. You've heard so many good things about a game. You lay down the table and you're like, mm, it just wasn't quite there. I'm not saying that happens all the time, but it does happen. This did not disappoint. And it 
really never dis- it never disappoints me. It's so good. There's so much replayability in this game yeah. because of, there's so many cards. That's what I love about it. There's so many cards that do so many different things. And so, I mean, there's just tons of cards and you're trying to get the right combinations to um, you know, build to terraform Mars and do it better than your opponents. You're trying to get these resources. The resources are pretty tight in this game a lot of times, unless you can get some kind of an engine, but then your opponent could like destroy you with a comet or I don't know, like, you know, just different things and you're like, right. no, there's like enough take that to keep you on your heels, but it's not just constant. Right. Generally. Right. Yeah. And, and it's not like the end of the world if you if you have a common hit. It's you. it's not. I mean it can be frustrating. Like yeah. take out all, or something where they take all your plants away that you've been building for three turns sure. to be able to do something. I remember that happened last game I played and I was like, are you serious? <laughs> Did you really just do that? They're like, yeah, you're winning the game, so I'm just going to take you down. Well, you should have And been it winning. did took me down. I lost that game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And the person that did it, I believe, won the game. So he was smarter than I. He played it perfectly. <laughs> and John defriended him. <laughs> That's it. I said, I'm never playing this game with you again. <laughs> but if you haven't played Terraforming Mars... It's good. Excellent game. There are some people that don't like it. I've heard some people say it's just it doesn't live up to the hype, but I think it does. Yeah, not get not every game is for every person. Now I've been reading the rules and kind of set up the underwater cities. And I love terraforming Mars. Underwater cities seemed like it might give us the same vibe. Or hopefully we're going to get a chance to play that this week or next week. Sometimes I've been waiting to play (laughs) Terra. I've not been waiting to play terraforming Mars. (laughs) I guess I play it, and I'm waiting to play it. But yeah, underwater cities is what I meant to say. So number three overall, (laughs) really love terraforming Mars. All right, my number three is a game that John talked about about uh, 10 minutes ago, maybe. <laughs> and that is a Jamie Stegmeier game. Ah. Scythe. Scythe, all right. Uh, yeah, okay, but we, you've already talked about the gameplay, so I don't have to talk about that. But, you know, we were talking about really good art. Now, we've mentioned Root and Everdale, Imperial Settlers in this episode. Out of all of the artists that we're going to talk about today, I would say Jacob Rosowski is the one that did the art for Scythe, and that's he's the one who inspired the game of Scythe just by the art. I have gone to his galleries and just looked at art for... So good, huh? I mean, sometimes a long time, like hours, it seems like. Those times when you're like, so how good. long have I been on the interwebs? Yes, yeah. <laughs> it just draws you into this universe, the art does. I really, really enjoy it. But Scythe, love this game uh, for all the same reason we, we talked about earlier. Again, you know that I really like theme in my game, and I think this game is a very thematic, yet Euro-y game. So I love it. Sorry. Yeah, such a good game. Such a good game. All right, we're down to our final two, Dean. Number two. Wow. Yeah, there you go. Getting a little dice tower action on us. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what your number two is. Um, it's a game that you've never played, and you really want to play it really bad. And it's a game that every time I play it, I go, I love this game and it's also a game that people say the art is terrible in uh, at least the box art they think it looks weird are you thinking are you thinking alexander fister uh i've already mentioned it in this episode right? overall did I, you I mention just, did is that sorry great western trail <laughs> yeah, i guess i don't pay attention to what you say Dean. well i was i mentioned earlier that i thought that was one of your like yeah. your number nine or something. number 10 overall i just keep shooting up the list because every time i play it i'm like this game is so good great western trail yeah i want to try this so bad well it's so good because you it starts really wide open and you have these like building tiles and as you're um going on the great western trail you're putting building tiles down that are getting giving you actions um also potentially having people pay to go through yours but you're also building this deck of cows 
Who knew building a deck of cows? You say that in such an exciting so way. So much fun. <laughs> a deck of cows. <laughs> um, but it, it is. It's so much fun, and some of them are more valuable than others, of course. And then you're going through the trail, and then at the end of the trail, you're uh, setting off and uh, your cattle or whatever, and you're taking them down the railroad track. And I don't know what it is, but I like railroads. I guess in games, it's I, it's fun. They're they're just really fun. And so the choices that you're making about where to place the building tiles, about should I go through the trail a little slower this time because I want to be able to build my deck a little better because it's what's in your hand whenever you get to the end. So should I figure out a way to maybe take a couple extra turns to try to figure out, to, not try to figure out, how to get some better cards so you have that kind of push your luck element in the game or should I just go ahead and get it done so that I can move on and go through the trail again? Just an absolute blast, absolute fun Dean, I think you would love this game. I think you're right. And I I'm, I feel pretty confident based on everything I've seen. I think I told you whenever I, I had some surgery done this summer, and so I had a lot of time to lay down and watch YouTube videos. I watched Great Western Trail videos for hours one day. I mean, it was I, I really, really want to try this. Um, all right, yeah. I have nothing to say, all but right. I want to play. There you go. My number two is a game that you have not played, but really? one that you really want to play, and it is an incredible deck-building game called Baseball Highlights oh, 2045. Yeah. Oh, that's number two for you. Yes. This game is amazing. Wow. Just amazing. I do really want to play this. So this game, you are playing this futuristic game of baseball, and the, the players are either cyborgs or humans or robots, and they, they tend to have different... Uh, they do. They have different special abilities. The robots tend to be really good hit, hitters. Cyborgs tend to be really good pitchers. And uh, and then the, the humans can kind of just you know be average in different ways. But, but really what you're doing is you are playing cards out onto a baseball diamond. And when you play a card, you might have some threatened hits at the bottom. So you might be threatening a double and a, and a single. And you put the little runners out on the, on the home plate. And then... The next player plays their card, and the whatever like the action stuff at the top of the card, the middle of the card, might cancel your hits, or it might do something to you, and then they might be threatening hits, and you're just going back and forth because it's not a, it's not like a full blown baseball simulator. It's exactly what it's called, baseball highlights. So it's the highlights of each inning, and what really, really makes this game shine is not necessarily just the gameplay, although I love the gameplay. But it's when you can sit down with a group of people, which I do every year. Uh, my, my group of guys, we get together in a cabin, and we, we typically have about eight of us, and we play a tournament of baseball highlights. And it is amazing because wow. each in between each game, you're also drafting. You're sending cards down from your hand to the miners and drafting new players onto your team. So you're building up That's your deck. Funny. Oh, man, this game is amazing. It's not just fun. It is, it's amazing. You know what's so interesting about this? Because I want to throw this out there, Meeple Town. Dean is not the biggest baseball fan in the world. No, I'm not. I don't so, mind baseball. So you may be. You don't, <laughs> don't mind. It's fine. I mean, if I want to take a nap on. A, a but Sunday I mean, that's afternoon. real though. Think about this, y'all. Like, so there may be people that are like, oh, I'm un, like that have just completely bypassed baseball highlights because they're just not interested in baseball. Don't do it. There you go. Yeah. I love. See, that's why I want to play it. I love baseball. Yeah. This is base. This is the time of year, baby. It's getting to crunch time. Yep. My Indians are 
just a little behind the twins. We're doing all right. We're doing okay. I'm loving baseball. So, yeah, this is one that I'd like to play. I'd also like to play because my dad is a big baseball fan, and I'm wondering if it might be something that he and I could get into together. Yeah, it's it's a, a Is it tough blast. to learn or not too bad? No, it's not at all. It's it, In fact, the weight is a 2.19 oh, wow. on BGG. The gameplay is really easy, especially if, if, if somebody's played a, a deck builder. But even if you haven't, because it's a little bit different than normal deck builders, uh, it's just super simple, and you're only going to have 15 cards uh, in your deck total. Um, that's all you're going to have, and but you're playing six per per game. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. Now I'm a bigger football fan, American football fan, and so I've you just been wait, waiting huh? so bad for my pledge to come in for football. When highlights. is that ish coming in? Uh, ho- hopefully within the next like month, month and a half, something like that. And I'm I bet I'll play. That. I bet I'll play football highlights before I play baseball highlights. You probably will because of the podcast <laughs> and stuff, and do a YouTube video. We'll see. Or but you you would love love baseball highlights. We need to get it to the table. I like American football a lot too. So I'm I don't know. I'm looking forward to that. Number one, Dean. We've made it from fifty. They already all know the because I've been down. saying it. I know you've been saying it the whole <laughs> time. It is ranked number eighteen overall, eight point one on a board game geek. Mac Gertz. You know, here's the thing. This game, Dean and I reviewed with Terraforming Mars in the old Maple Town Museum. That's right. And I gave Terraforming Mars an enthusiastic 10 out of 10, and I gave Concordia a 9 out of 10. <laughs> and my, how the tables have tied, turned, tided. That, that's not accurate. We are allowed to make mistakes. I'll tell you. I, I mean, I still, I loved it. Yeah. But it's one of those, there are just certain games that are creeper games for me. That I play it and I go, I like it. But I think the sign of an excellent game is the more you play it, the more you like it. You don't get tired of it. You're just like, wow, this game is is so good. And everyone uses the term elegant. Everyone. I've seen so many people do uh, reviews on this and say, but it is. Because it is, yeah. Because it is. It just flows so smoothly. I love your uh, deck that you're building and the card-based actions that you're playing and how those are how you score points at the end of the game. Right. It leads to so many cool decisions as you're spending resources to buy cards because you're like, do I want that card for the action or do I want it more for the in-game scoring? And you're making those calls throughout the game, and then you just have that, you're putting your ships out and moving your guys all around and you know trying to build as many cities as you possibly can build. It's just this, oh, I just love this game. I can't get enough of it. If anyone ever asks, will you play Concordia? I will say yes, please, and come running. <laughs> I love Concordia. That should be the way our number one game is, I think. Yeah, Concordia is a fantastic game. Totally agree. And to make it even better is they have Concordia Venus. And I immediately was like, yes, I want that. (laughs) Because it adds a a 2v2 element to Concordia. And some people might not like that. I had, I've, I've not, I've only played it once 2v2 and had an amazing time doing it. Such a good time to where we played for an hour and a half or two hours. Like it was a long, it was quite a, a, a little bit of a lengthy game. We were doing some other stuff in between. Played it and we tied. I mean, tied and had to use the tiebreaker to win the game. And it's one of those shout, oh, 
you know, like it was just so fun. And the and it was my I was going against my wife and my brother in law, and they thought they had the game won. And to look at their faces when they saw that we tied, and then for them to go, "What's the tiebreaker?" And we won the tiebreaker. It was like this. It was kind of like abomination when we were playing that game, and you kept yes. rolling and missing it, and then I rolled perfectly, and I ran around the room uh. going. Some people might not want to play games with me, Dean. But maybe. I don't really get that excited about winning unless it's something like that. I like that. games like that, even if I am on the, the losing end of that. Yeah. If it's if it causes if it's a game that stirs up that much emotion within you, there's probably something good going on. Unless yeah. it's like total frustration and flip the table emotion, but But that I don't think we don't we don't get like that though. No, no. All right, your number one is okay. Uh, it's okay. So now this is it, y'all. Dean wanted to make sure that he had the final say. I'll be on honest. The number one game. Part of me thought that your number, my number one, could have potentially matched up with your number one. Yeah, it. I, it was close. It's it. It was extremely close. By the way, whenever you mentioned baseball highlights, I didn't even thought about that. I, it it kind of came out of left field for me. Uh you can't do that. Like we're already five minutes, ten minutes past talking about baseball highlights. I've been working on that joke for the last. Mm, ever since you said something about baseball well, highlights. you did not hit a home run on that one. Uh, you actually struck swung, out. I struck yes. out. Oh, boy. Swing and a miss. All right, my number one is another Eric There's Lane no game. doubt what your number one is. I know it. Blood Rage. I Blood Rage. love this game so much. So much fun. The The card drafting is a blast. The The different strategies, I think that's a big part There's of this There's a lot of me. strategies You can in take this. a lot of different strategies. Now, I... I tend to take the strategy that loses <laughs> more often than not. I don't win this not game really. a lot. No, you're pretty good at this. Game. I have won this game. But you're being a little humble. I, well, I mean, when I'm playing with people that are good. Oh, t- <laughs> sorry, I <laughs> forgot that. that you, I'm talking about when you play against me. When, I, when I'm playing John, I usually do pretty good against this game. Um, no, but in this game, you can take different strategies, and really, the cards that you're dealt initially can kind of dictate that. You know, yeah. you can go this Loki strategy where you are losing all your battles which can be a very good strategy, but it's not necessarily the winning strategy. Yeah, you know, because you can uh, you can take a strategy where you're uh, getting a lot of points for your uh, for your exploration for those uh, or the quest cards that yeah. you complete. Um, there's a lot of different ways to get points in this game. I just absolutely love it. It's it's got me really pumped up. You know, Rising Sun was in my top. Uh, 15 I think it was you somewhere can't wait for Ankh, can you? I cannot wait for Ankh it's just I'm so pumped about that but I cannot imagine much taking over Blood Rage I just I love this game so much I've got the new stuff coming in here in the next couple months which doesn't add much to the gameplay other than it has new monsters so I've got new stuff to paint up I guess which is go. pretty do you exciting. get tense in this game? I do. This game, it's hard not to this get game stirs up a lot within me you know there, it's funny because on this list there's several Let's see, top five. Two of those top five are cooperative games. Um, Scythe is, it's not like this super in-your-face game necessarily. Mm-hmm. Baseball Highlights is an easygoing game. Blood Rage is a very tense game for me. Just, yeah. I just, it stirs up some cool, like, oh, I'm so into this game yeah. right now emotions. Yeah, you get into it. I will say that the first time or two that I played the game, it was a little frustrating for me. If you've played Blood Rage with people that know what they're doing, and you get around to like that third age in these crazy, ridiculous. And yeah. I remember calling Dean and be like, "Do you think these cards are overpowered? OP? Are they a little overpowered?" <laughs> and they are. 
Except for if you know they're coming, then you can plan for them. You have to plan for it. And that's it. If you So if you've tried Blood Rage with people that know what they're doing, because I was a little bit put off by that because I was just like, I had no idea these cards were coming. It was like, how did he score 60 points off yeah. these you know cards at the end of the game? I, di- I, just, I was like, I didn't like that. But when you know they're coming, then you know to, you know, maybe even draft them whether you want to use them that much or not just because yeah. you don't want someone else to get those cards yeah you you definitely this is one that really benefits you to play several times yeah. to know those cards and to know how to um, make sure that people don't get these certain combinations that yeah. really go well just together. go crazy points yeah because you can those. just absolutely demolish somebody I've played in games where my buddy Scott I think he scored 12 points in this game and 12 12 points, points. Um, Scott if you're listening it <laughs> was really bad. Now, actually, uh, it, it may not. It may have been more than that. that it wasn't. It wasn't game. twenty for sure. It wasn't twenty. I've I've played in games where I haven't scored twenty points, or maybe just over twenty points. Really, and then somebody else will get you know almost two hundred points or yeah. something. So it's you can absolutely demolish somebody in this game. But if you get people who know what's coming, you can, yeah, you can figure it out. But, but the the positive element to that is that you can be behind in this game and make a monstrous comeback at the end. If you've positioned yourself, what you just want to do that so you can say monstrous, monstrous comeback. Why the, the monster? Oh, because there's monsters there's in this monsters, game. Yeah, yeah the, the puns just flow out. I don't even mean to. Oh, How does that make you feel? Uh, Blood Rage makes me feel good. It's an amazing game. It's the best game of Is all it time. Punishing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what? we have gone really long this episode, but yeah, I think it's been totally it's worth okay. it. It's worth it. All right, John, why don't you tell people how they can get in touch with us? All right, so we are on YouTube and we're continually putting games we actually have our top 50 list um we've, we're counting down we haven't posted all of them by the time this podcast comes out we'll have done almost all of them but maybe the very top 10 which we just did um but we're also we're always pumping out games we're um, giving our reviews and what we think about the games not because we think that we're the greatest experts but because we want you to find games that you like and so if you are interested in, in seeing some of our thoughts and watching some gameplay, because we always want to show gameplay, because you may not agree with us, and that's perfectly fine. You may say, I may not give it a great score, but you may think this is right up my alley. Um, we're at we're at Meeple Town. Just go to YouTube, look up Meeple Town. We're right there. We're also at Meeple Town Games on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. And as we mentioned, we're Board Game Geek Guild 34-7. But we can't we can't cancel. We can't stop the podcast quite yet. Because as soon as I mention that, as soon as I mention that, I'm going to read um, a top 12 list that one of our guild members have. And if, if we can, if the more interaction we get, the better. We want to talk about what Meeple Town is saying. We do. We want to let everybody know. Yeah. His top 10, 12 list is eerily similar to mine. And I just, I'm going to read it. And this is Bryant. And he's on our, um, again, on our Board Game Geek Guild 3407. Number 12 is Trajan. Number 11 is Clans of Caledonia, which I've never actually played that game. And I no. need to play that game. Um, number 10 is Power Grid, which barely was outside my top uh, 10. Nine, Orleone in my top 10. Eight, Viticulture, barely outside. Seven, Scythe, that was my number six. Six, Seven Wonders, a game that I totally enjoy. Uh, Then The Voyages of Marco Polo, number five. Village, which we've talked about here. Number three, Russian Railroads, that was my number four. Number two, Zolkin, which is really high on my list. Wasn't top ten, but very high. And number one, of course, the greatest game of all time, Concordia. (laughs) 
<laughs> According to you and this listener. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for the episode. Make sure that you do let us know what your top 10 games are, and hopefully we'll talk about them on our next episode. There you go. Thanks for coming down to Meepletown. Town.